Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me today is my beautiful wife, Joanna. Joanna, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you doing? Great. We just had a 16th birthday party for our oldest son, so he got presents and cake, and he's going off tomorrow to start his first day of work uh, for a concrete company, so... I'm excited. That'll be good for him. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be hard work. <laughs> it's going to be in the in heat. The summer. Yep. And that's what's good for a boy. So tonight we are going to talk about divorce. I don't want one. Great. <laughs> we are in agreement. So you wanted to, uh, you kind of brought this up. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody at home, what made you think about talking about divorce tonight? The last six months i have spoken to many many christian well church going ladies who go you know they call themselves christians um that are thinking it over thinking of possibly divorcing or their marriage is miserable um and they're kind of toying with the idea and they brought it up to you yeah yes you guys have talked and they've they're running it by you yeah, and also the idea of separation has been bounced around mm-hmm. with some of them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm kind of discouraged right now. It seems to be a big problem. And we've always known it. it has been a problem for years, but I just feel like something's in the water lately. And everyone's thinking of, they're considering throwing the towel in. Mm-hmm. And I'm frustrated because I've tried talking to them and help them. But I feel like, um, I feel like modern day Christians... Um, don't believe what the Bible says whatsoever on this issue. <laughs> this just in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Christians in America today don't believe the Bible. Well, yeah, and it's hardly the first issue where they take that stance. Yeah. Yep. So I, when we were talking about what subject to, to talk about, mm-hmm. I thought, well, this is one that keeps popping up in my life. Mm-hmm. over the last six months over and over again mm-hmm. and one friend of mine we've talked in length i don't know maybe 15 times about it yeah so and they're not divorced yet no when this person doesn't want to mm-hmm. but it's there on the table somewhat mm-hmm. so in the studies i've looked at where do you think christian couples in america today fare with divorces when you compare them to the rest of the world, the non-churched, non-believing, non-Christian world? Hmm. Where do you think they are? Maybe uh, 10% higher, like the average. (laughs) (laughs) No. Really? Yeah. Christians get divorced more than the world. More? Yep. No. Yep. You're you're kidding. No, they have caught up to... Uh, the world statistics and have passed them. Wow. As far as studies done in evangelical Christian churches. I did not know that. Yeah. Now, depending on the study, there are, I could point you to some that tell us that we're even, some that tell you that we're doing a little better. But I haven't found any study that says Christians are just staying married forever and it's great mm-hmm. and the world is falling apart. Now, the Christian marriages that are staying together, I see to be really good, strong, healthy marriages, but there's nothing that is, we are not a shining city on a hill as far as marriage goes in the world today. Well, you know, I don't know why that caught me off guard so much, because my own experience should tell me it's kind of a big problem when, yeah. I don't know, I <laughs> count the number of people have come to me in the last six months and are thinking about it or it's sort of there. All right. So I have, Oh, about a dozen or 18 reasons for why people get divorced. And this again is these are studies done that have to do with why Christians get divorced. Okay. So I would like to hear some of your reasons that you hear people tell you okay. as far as yeah. why they want to get divorced. I have them in here. Cause I remember all these conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of reasons. And don't get me wrong. Some of these are legitimate problems that need fixed and need right, attention. Right. No one's saying that marriages are without problems. The 
the idea is just that marriages are supposed to be without divorce. So let, let me uh, let me start with a few Bible verses just so we can all start on the same foundation. Yeah. The Bible condemns divorce wholly. God condemns divorce. Jesus reiterated later on uh, God's condemnation of divorce. But back in the law of Moses, we see that divorce was condemned already. It was never God's intent. The idea he talks about when getting married is that two become one flesh. So to try to separate that, you're literally cutting a live body in half. That's what you're doing. Or more accurately, you're ripping it in half. Uh, it's going to be an ugly mess, and it's not going to it's not going to be good yeah, for either well. part. No, neither right. side's going to do real well. In Matthew five verses thirty one thirty two, and uh, yeah, we're just going to read those two verses. This is Jesus speaking. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committeth adultery. Jesus is asked about divorce later on. Uh, The first one we went over was Matthew 5. Now I'm going to read from Matthew 19. And uh, we read, uh, they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? He saith unto them, and this is Jesus speaking, Mm -hmm. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. It's really clear. So any Christian that ever asks me about it, the first thing I tell them is, well, God says no. And understand that whenever God says don't do this, it's because that thing is bad for you. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't do it. That's why we're supposed to obey God. And when God says do this thing, well, we're supposed to do it because it's good for you and it's a blessing. God says do not get divorced. God says that marriage is a great thing. So when you look at those two, it's obvious there, there's no wiggle room here. The problem is, and we're going to kind of cover this when we go over some of these reasons for why a lot of Christians get divorced, most people that I find are immature, they don't want to grow up, right? they don't want to act like adults, and because of that it makes the relationship very hard. It makes it difficult when you are selfish and self-centered. Of course. Yeah. And and that's at the, I think kind of the center of every reason people get divorced, but tell me, tell me now. So, okay. So Mm. let me, let me tell you this. Can I ask something? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, What what do you think? Yeah. So, you know, uh, we, you just read the Bible verses and it says Mm -hmm. in the case of, uh, marital unfaithfulness, adultery, a sin. However, Mm-hmm. There was the other verse you mentioned that said in the beginning it was not so. Correct. I was under the impression after my personal reading that um, he doesn't want divorce in any circumstance. Correct. That's what I took away from it. Yes. His preference is you stay married. In fact, I mean, it's a, it's a sin if you, you know. A hundred percent. Divorce is a sin. Yeah. You know, Somebody's yeah. got to say it. Here you go. If anyone got on this podcast and thought that we were going to pussyfoot around and tiptoe around this subject, you know, and tell people that, oh, yeah, it's okay. And, you know, if and when. No, it is. It is a sin. God, it, well, he God says you explained. He committed adultery if mm-hmm. you divorce and then you. And the person that else. divorced you, they're committing adultery with so, whoever they end up with. It's Absolutely. Wrong, it's wrong. It's, it's wrong, wrong. It's wrong. So. It's bad. It's bad. And okay. again, God, Jesus here says no. It was because of the hardness of your hearts. That's the reason that there was even a provision for this in the very beginning. So if they hadn't. Yeah, it was because of your screw up and your hard hearts. And so people are taking the other side of it and running with it. Yes. Like, well, he said I could do it. Oh, there's an exception. Right. Good enough. So anyway, okay, go ahead. So if you can believe it, 
Uh, what do you think the number one reason for divorce would be? No. Oh. Uh, I don't know if I could even guess money. Money's on there. I mean, money's on number the list. Number one, just not liking each other anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like. I mean, people don't uh, get a divorce, you know, I on their know. honeymoon Let's... when they're in love. Well, a lot of people will guess uh, an adulterous affair. And I used to guess that. That would yeah. have been my first but one. But believe it or not, most people stay together if there is adultery. If one wow. spouse cheats on the other, that is something that people oftentimes work through. Hmm. Uh, funny enough. I know people. Yeah. Yeah. Have. It's other things that typically, you know. And those aren't the ones that are even mentioned in the Bible as maybe. <laughs> uh-uh. No, no, no. There's no other maybes. There's yeah. no other, you know, kind of exceptions. So what do you hear from people that you talk to? Well, so actually not, nothing, no real big red flags, no big fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard one of these people speak about infidelity okay one person is like well maybe there has i been, think they might be having an affair having but I don't, I don't know sure it's more of like you know he's immature he drinks a little too much um you know we just don't get along we can't get along we never we never talk stuff like that mm-hmm. um and okay granted the people i'm speaking to sound miserable and it oh, sounds yeah. like they're, yeah, I would hate to live in that situation. Absolutely. Also, it sounds, and I'm only getting one side of the story, mm-hmm. but it sounds like I'm only speaking to the wife. So he, <laughs> the problem <laughs> is he sounds like he's hard to live with or miserable to live with. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, on, that's pretty much across the board with everyone I've spoken to. But honestly, hard to live with is going to be one of the symptoms of whatever the problem is. Yeah. If there's money problems, he's hard to live with. If there's substance abuse, they're hard to live with. No matter what you throw in there, they're going to be hard to live with. It's just flat out. They're not getting along. Mm-hmm. That's across the board. Have they given any more specifics? Cause really um, immature. I, I agree. Okay. That's a specific. And I think that's at the root of a lot of these and then drinks too much. Alcohol and drug abuse, substance abuse. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to tell you that alcoholism and drug addiction, they're they're not the problems. That's the person trying to find a solution to their problem. Right. Whatever their problem is, they might be wildly depressed. They might be wildly stressed out. They might have, I mean, there, there, there can be a lot of issues, but the drinking and the drugs is what they're doing to try to self-medicate so that they can numb the pain. They're going yeah. through pain for some other yeah. reason. It's not, uh, it's not the, um, it's not the root problem. No, it's not the root problem. It's a symptom of it. And but, I understand, but yeah. that's a big one that you bring up. And, and I know people who, okay, so let me go over a couple of these. Uh, we have lack of communication. Now, I hate to say it, but that's probably in, involved in all of these. Definitely. Whatever problem yeah. you have, you're probably not doing a good job of talking and you're not doing a good job of listening to the other person. The, the two people don't feel heard. Uh, we have... So one of these that came up was uh, sexual problems, but it didn't go in and define it. This was just the list of the different reasons and and why. Uh So, you know, one of these problems is going to be that it's non-existent. But again, that's not a problem. It is non-existent because of a problem. The two people hate each other. Yeah. Okay, well... So it's a secondary issue. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to want to be intimate and physically intimate with someone when you hate them. There's no attraction there. It doesn't... Physical attraction is overcome by your... By how much you're repulsed by this person that you hate. Yeah. So, you know, there's something going on there. Uh, Sometimes there are arguments about the couple's uh, sex life. So... Mm -hmm you know, the couple's life in the bedroom, there are arguments about expectations and what each one that they might have differences as far as what they want to do and not do and levels of comfortability, you know, things like that. Um, 
that's not one of the biggest ones that I run into. Uh, one of the biggest ones is, let's see, where we go? Here we go. In-laws interference. I was just going to guess that. Yeah. Yeah, and I've heard, yeah. When you have her family keeps butting in, his mm, family yeah. keeps that's butting in. so frustrating. And they're a big problem. Um, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, this is typically a problem where whatever spouse has the family that keeps butting in and inserting their opinions and their, you know, their thoughts and desires, that spouse will not side with the other spouse. So let's say my mom and dad are constantly just sticking their nose in mm-hmm. and it's a big problem and, you know, uh, you're getting tired of hearing about it. It really only becomes a problem when I side with them. Sure. Yeah. When I hear your complaints and I say, okay, um, I'm going to have a talk with them and we're going to figure this out and we're going to fix this. That's when the problem stops. But what I find is in that situation, I, the man with the overbearing in-laws, my mo- or they're not, they're your in-laws, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> with the overbearing parents, I am a coward and I don't want to stand up to my mom and dad. And that's what's required. I need to remind them that I married you and I'm not married to them mm-hmm. and I'm no longer their little boy and you're not <laughs> their daughter. Uh, we are a couple and we're going to decide what we're going to do and that's it, you know? And it's also important that when I stand up to them, I need to let them know that this is my decision. Okay. Joanna has nothing to do with this. Joanna, you know, I saw what was going on and this is me pissed at you and telling you, you need to back off and here are the reasons where we need to change something because you never want to talk with your in-laws and throw your spouse under the bus that's hands down the worst thing you can do because if i go to my mom and dad and complain about you then they have this picture of you as this terrible person Mm -hmm. and then two days later we make up and we're fine but they didn't see the makeup so they still think that you're this terrible person so you never want to poison the well by talking to your parents negatively about your spouse Uh, you always want to paint a bright sunny picture i agree (laughs) i know i have have so (laughs) so in-laws are a big one uh let's see what else okay so here are two that came up that just drive me crazy when i hear these or i got a couple boredom boredom mm-hmm. yeah wow i'm bored i'm one. bored in the marriage and that's a lame one yeah <laughs> i haven't heard that one so you're just tired of each other yeah it's no longer fun i'm no longer not. happy have you mm-hmm. ever heard those yeah i have heard that i've fallen out of love fallen out of love not happy anymore mm-hmm. bored um have you so those again are just that i'm going to attribute to laziness so one of the two maybe both of them are lazy and they're not putting any work into their marriage and because of that they're getting bored with their spouse and what they'll start to do is they'll start to fulfill the needs that they should have taken care of from their spouse in other places. So they spend more time at work and they enjoy their social interactions at work and they have friends and they um, have emotional support, you know, at different places rather than in the home. So the husband and the wife spend less and less time together. They, talk with other people instead of their spouse about Mm -hmm. their their fears and their desires and their hopes and their dreams and they start to receive the fulfillment of a healthy relationship somewhere else right and then like you said that's definitely i would say laziness also you need to work at your relationship always Mm -hmm. to keep it strong yeah if you're not 
spending time with your spouse, if you're not talking with them, if you're not making plans about the future, if you're not, Mm -hmm. you, you are, it's no different than any friendship you have. Yeah, you got to work on it. You have to spend time with your friend. Otherwise, the friendship just kind of fizzles and goes away. Yeah. And when you reconnect with that friend six months or a year later, it's nice. And you remember, you know, that you were friends at one time, but you're not really close. Have you ever had it to where someone you were really great friends with mm-hmm. and then that time did lapse and you got back together and it was weird and awkward? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it when that happened to me. And that could... You can see that happening if you're... Yeah, I mean, for me, I remember when I left high school and went to college, and all my friends went to college, and then I didn't see them for a couple of years, you know, and then when we got back together two years later over the summer, you know, visiting for whatever, a holiday or something at home, and we ran into each other and caught up, it's like, yeah, I haven't talked to this person and. <laughs> you know years yeah what, what's going on with right. them and yeah they're they're yeah. different and and i have not been keeping up yeah yeah so the relationship hmm. gets a little a little, a little stale yeah and uh, there's just a disconnect so i get that as far as you know the boredom but it it if i'm bored in my relationship it's my fault that's the problem yeah. the problem is me So I can fix that boredom if I want to. But again, immaturity and selfishness, I think, are the driving forces for many divorces. When there are problems, people are just apathetic. Eh, Who cares? And they don't want to fix it. They don't want to put in any effort. They just, they don't care. And stuff gets worse. Uh, In other cases, I understand sometimes, like we talked about earlier, lack of communication that's a tough one. Uh. And for that one, I don't think it's apathy. I think it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't know how to talk to each other. But then the failure comes when neither of them try to work on it. You can read a book that'll help you with communication. You can listen to an audiobook. You can go to a therapist. You can learn how to do better at these things. You can find out why your wife is telling you that you don't communicate well and you can fix it. A lot of guys are not willing to do that. I don't know if women are, but you know, a lot of people I can say are not willing to put in the effort. So then guess what? You're going to be a terrible communicator and it's going to be a point of frustration for your spouse and you can just continue on that road until you get divorced or you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend. I forget the book, but she had kind of nonstop problems that kept popping up. So she bought a book written for women mm-hmm. and how to respond. Yeah. And then it's kind of like how to get what you want. <laughs> yeah. And she keeps telling me it's working great. Yep. And he doesn't even know. Yep. And he's changed how he's responded to her and he doesn't realize what's happened. Yep. Anyway. I should have looked up that book before the podcast, but yeah, it's her little secret. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <clears throat> but she's acting actually nicer to him. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I pointed that out to her. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> well, if it's working, just leave it be. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't mention it. You Maybe don't want it to fall apart. My secret to her. <laughs> but really, someone saw that there was a problem. Yeah. They got a book. They read the book. And they applied it. They yeah. applied it and things got better. Mm-hmm. So great. We learned something and our marriage improved. Now, you might have to read a couple of books. But again, what I don't think enough people recognize when talking about marriage and divorce is that a marriage is worth the work to make it great. And divorce is going to be hands down the worst thing you ever do in your entire life. It is so, it's, it's such wreckage after a divorce and it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the kids of the divorce. They are. They're messed up so, forever. Yeah. And we have a friend in California who's a PhD. He's worked with almost everyone. It seems like in the state of California, <laughs> he wrote a book on the subject and he took interviews of all of these troubled teenagers, and every single one of them came from a divorced home. Kids that were cutting, bulimic, um, you know. Attempted all, suicide. Yeah, attempted all suicide. All kinds of stuff. And he interviewed each one of them and had them write a very short story and draw a picture about 
their experience with the divorce. And they all said it was, it was terrible. And yeah. they wished that the parents had gotten back, to, had stayed together. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's a crushing event in any family's life. And for some reason, husbands and wives are so selfish and so immature that they're willing to look past the destruction it's going to cause their children. Yeah. And they're going to do it anyhow. Yeah, and I... I can't see that. That's not good. No, it, really. People need to have their priorities change and they need to understand that a good, healthy family is hands down the most important thing in the entire world. Your career, it doesn't matter. The amount of money you make, it doesn't matter. Would we all like to have more money? Sure. But it's never worth your family suffering a good strong healthy marriage and a good strong family is going to make you and your children the happiest over anything else you could have in your life so therefore you need to put energy into it when you see a problem you need to do whatever it takes to fix it when there's an issue, you need to stop whatever else is going on and you need yeah. to say, okay, this needs to be fixed because this just isn't any good. Yeah, it's priority number one. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have much more on your list? Oh, yeah, I got so oh. many other things. Okay. Uh, we went over, well, let's talk about drug and alcohol addiction and abuse. Yes, abuse. And that's one I have been ripped apart, <laughs> ripped to shreds because of my stance on marriage by people who have divorced over uh, violence, physical well, abuse. We're talking about drug and alcohol abuse. Oh, drug abuse. and alcohol abuse. My yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not on to physical okay. abuse. I got ahead of myself. It's on the list and okay. we can talk about it or we'll get there. Okay, so drug and alcohol addiction. Now, this one is That would be a, that's a tough one to deal with. It, it's a it's a horrible one to deal yeah. with. And it's important that everyone on the podcast know that I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Along with that, I'm a pastor. So what you have is a guy who attends 12-step recovery programs regularly and also ends up marrying some of the people in those groups. Mm -hmm. So that's always a question that comes up or kind of a concern is, well, what if they relapse and... yeah. What if they go back out, you know, and start drinking or start doing drugs again? What if they're sort of a again? danger to the children? You know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. That, and what would you recommend? Well, so let's lump a few of these in. So we have... We have physical abuse. We have uh, sexual abuse, which is typically not spouse to spouse. It's usually um, parent to child. You know, or step parent to child. Okay, so if you have sexual abuse, if you have physical abuse, if you have, um, let's say, drug addiction that, you know, is endangering, you know, the lives of the people in the house, then you need to separate. You know, you don't need to stay in the same home and continue to get beat up or you know, yeah, have the opportunity or potential. Yeah. yeah for, you know, yeah, for any right. of that stuff, uh, those things, you, you, you want to separate yourself and, and make sure everybody is safe. Physically separate yourself. Correct. What I'm safety. But what I'm going to say, which nobody else says is that getting into a fight, having a physical altercation spouse to spouse. And I've had friends you know, where the wife's had a black eye and I've had friends where the husband's had a black mm, eye. No okay. Oh yeah. I've met, you know, women who have beat up their husbands and I've met husbands that have beat up wives. Both of them are terrible. And we would like to think that those things never happen, but they do. And I think it's far too easy for people to just write off physical abuse across the board and say, that's it. That's a reason for divorce. They need to get away from that person forever. First of all, that's not what the Bible says. And second of all, there are lots of cases where these things happen and the person just needs help. Yeah. So can we start by just 
safely separating the couple and then they can evaluate where they are and see if they can get help and keep this thing going because i have seen that work where it yeah one of them goes and gets whatever classes or help or (laughs) maybe there's legal ramifications they have to go through first i've met men and women who have been beat up physically at different times in their life which has caused post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and they have had you know occasions where they have acted out and they have crossed a line physically with their spouse for me to say anytime that happens it's over it's over and they need to get a divorce i think is absurd now there are going to be some cases where yeah People are going to get divorced because someone doesn't feel uh, safe with this other person. But here, you want to know the biggest problem? Because the biggest problem is people don't know who they're marrying. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you... Are you telling me that you had no indication that the person was violent before you married them? Are you telling me you had no idea that they had a past where they suffered from substance abuse prior to marriage? Give me a break. If you find out, you can do a background check on anybody. I guess you could. We do a background check to rent a condo for a weekend. We do a background check to... I mean, we do a background check to rent a car or to get a job at McDonald's and people don't do that before jumping into marriage. You don't want to know if the person you're marrying might have a, you know, sexual assault against a minor charge. You don't think that that might be important enough to figure out before you get married. Hey, guess what, moron? You had the chance to do it. You married a terrible person. The The fix was don't marry them. That's the answer. Don't marry a monster. Well, that's a good point. I feel better. <laughs> Real good. You got it out of your system. Okay. Yeah, I never thought of that. You could do that. Here's the thing. There's an old Jewish saying that, I live by and I use all the time. It, it it goes like this. The way it begins is the way it'll end. Hmm. And people get married to morons and they're typically acting as a moron themselves when they marry this idiot or this monster and they think, hmm. oh, I can change them. And, oh, I know that they have this problem, but, you know, when they're doing well, they're so much better. I have heard that so many times. Yeah. And we all, we all kind of think that way. Yeah. And young. it's moronic. It's ab- the, uh, so there's a breakdown of the parents of these people, mm. not telling them you should not marry this person. They are an idiot. They are a monster. Stay away from them. It's going to be a train wreck for the rest of your life. So there's a breakdown with the parents, not telling their kids not to marry. There's a breakdown with the kids, not being smart enough or wise enough to not marry this idiot monster. They don't go to their pastor. They don't go to their rabbi. They don't seek counsel like the Bible says. They just marry this person with this pie-in-the-sky, romantic comedy, happily ever after Cinderella nonsense in their head that everything's going to be great once we get married because America's been ruined by romantic comedies. That's what's happened. America has been ruined by romantic comedies. Everyone just thinks that, yeah, you get married and you live happily, you know, ever after. And really, it's happily once in a while. So the people need to do their due diligence prior to getting married. That's what needs to happen. You would be able to skip a lot of these things. How about we don't marry someone that suffered from drug or alcohol addiction until they have, I don't know, five years sober? That would be... Would that change help. things quite it, a bit? It would help a lot of relationships that I've I've seen. Rather than, well, they're still struggling with yeah. it? Well, you're an idiot for marrying them then. 
Yeah, and they shouldn't. And be, 20 yeah. years later, they're thinking about getting a divorce because they're immature and they still drink too much. Oh, no kidding. Were they immature and they drank too much when you got married? Oh, really? Okay, you're the problem. You're an idiot. That's what's going on with so many of these marriages. So, again. So what do you do in that? Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. If mm-hmm. You meet person A, person B, and that's what happened. And now they come to you and they say, well, this is a situation I'm in and I'm considering divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, and they did marry the wrong person. Okay, so let me ask you what this. Do you do? Well, it, How it's, do you you're, you're asking the abortion scenario. Yeah. You had a chance to make the right, right decision. You yeah. made the wrong decision. Okay, yeah, don't have yeah. premarital sex. That was your decision. You decided to do it anyhow, and then you got pregnant. And mm-hmm. now you're asking me if if abortion is okay? No, it's not okay. But this, but that, but the other thing. Shut up, you're an idiot. So you, you had stay, your chance, you didn't do it. You stay put. Yes. And you do the best you can. There you go. And you can... You can pray for God to You work you. on it. Yeah. Okay, you work on it, you get counseling, you go to therapy, you read books, you try to make it better. Mm-hmm. Now, it's great when both people are doing that. Yeah, that's it ma- ideal. It's ideal. It makes it a lot better. Most, but that's not always going to happen. No, and in fact, all of the 100% of the ladies I spoke to, mm-hmm. according to them, their side is that the spouse wants nothing to do with therapy or he tried it and he blew it off or it sounds as if it's very one-sided effort Mm -hmm. so i can see that a lot of these are going to be absolutely getting a divorce i mean you know i'm a gambling man i like to gamble and i would give you know really good odds for anyone that's betting against that marriage Mm -hmm. you know or for sorry if anyone betting against the divorce because it's definitely going to be coming Now, you can still find happiness in your life, even if your spouse is not willing to go along. Yeah, I agree. You know, I heard, um, I don't know if you remember, there was a pastor who came through one of the churches we were part of a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they might have been in New Mexico. So his wife did a ladies sort of a meeting or talk whatever you want to call it yeah and she told us their testimony their mm-hmm. story so her down new her, mexico i think so yeah, i know who you're talking about uh yeah well she was she told us that um i think maybe before they were both saved mm-hmm. he was horribly abusive violent mm-hmm. and uh i think she did separate she got into another uh, physical location yeah but she didn't want a divorce mm-hmm. and she decided she was going to stay married no matter what, mm-hmm. but she would pray. She would fast and pray yeah, and begged God to change him. And then that's what happened. But she wasn't going to divorce. Yeah. She wasn't going to stay in the house with him and get beat up. Sure. But she believed or hoped, you know, that God would, would do something. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. And the fasting thing. Yep. How many people won't do that? Yeah, and you, you've even brought that up with some of your friends where you've told the ladies, like, you know, look, these are these are your options. Uh, this is one thing that I'm going to suggest. Have you fasted and prayed about it there? And they're like, oh, I can't fast. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, you're an idiot. Well, Okay, you absolutely can. Right. According to her, she had tried everything else, mm-hmm. talked to him, mm-hmm. uh Tried to have him come to therapy, which mm-hmm. he did a few times, and it didn't seem to go anywhere. And he went so far as to say, you know, he did want the divorce, mm-hmm. but he won't file the papers, and she's not going to. So, yeah, I asked her, well, okay, you've prayed about it. Have you fasted and prayed? As the Bible seems to indicate, there's some things that aren't going to change unless Correct. you do that. Yes. That's kind of your last, you know, plea with the Lord. Fasting <laughs> is... The, is the way to show God that you're taking something seriously that you're praying about. Yeah. And you are demonstrating your complete reliance upon him. It's like pulling out all the stops, they say, right? Yeah. Fasting is 100% biblical. It's something that Christians are supposed to do regularly. You're supposed to fast and pray. And when you have something that is you know, very serious, that's what you would find in the Bible. You would find that people would add extra measures. When people were 
repenting of their sin, they would oftentimes sit in sackcloth and ashes. They wouldn't just repent. They wouldn't just go to God and ask for forgiveness of their sins and beg God to have mercy on them. They would do something extra. They would sit in sackcloth and ashes as a demonstration of their humility to God. And in the same way, when we need God to act on our behalf in a special way, we would fast. And that's what Mm -hmm. Jesus said. And he said, when you fast, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Jesus said that when you are trying to do my work here on earth, which includes at some time casting out demons, uh, certain ones will not go out other than by prayer and fasting. And that was the problem. You guys weren't fasting and therefore it didn't work. So it's a very legitimate thing that we are all supposed to be doing. My point was simply that was her line in the sand. Yeah, she said, I, I, don't, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't do, do that. Okay. Yeah, and I thought, well, I, well, have no, I don't have any other advice Yeah. for that, you. That's what the Bible says to do. Okay, I know of a couple who were married for, I don't remember how many years. I'm going to say it was over 10 years. The husband actually had a situation where he was... He sexually assaulted a couple of his daughters. Oh, wow. That's a tough one. They separated. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mom and dad, you know, mom left with the kids. Mm. The dad continued to work and support the mom and the kids. They remained separated for like a dozen years, all the while working on this. And then, oh yeah, and they are back together. Wow. Yeah. And they got married. They had another ceremony. They never got divorced. They just wanted another marriage ceremony, you know, kind of as a demonstration of what they were doing. And all of their kids were there. All of their kids and grandkids were all there. That is wild. Yeah. Uh So it's. And look, I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying that everyone is going to be willing to do what they need to in order to have that success what i'm saying is it is capable and this was a christian family who raised their kids in church and and wanted to do god's way and all of their kids are still in church and one of the daughters married a pastor and you know the they're they're all faithful members of churches that love the lord jesus what i'm saying is it is possible these things Mm. can be remedied even though yes it might sound like it's probably not going to happen and it would be probably pretty tough if the wife was a punching bag for her husband or you know the husband or the wife sexually assaulted you know one of the children yes those absolutely are terrible and they sound like impossible things to overcome i'm not saying anything different what i'm saying is it can happen that's what i'm saying well and i even if it doesn't the Bible still doesn't allow for the divorce. So Correct. You could you could just live separate and you don't have to pull that trigger and sign the papers. And really, that's the idea that Christians need to get into their head is that you are going to remain married until the day you die. Yeah. Now, you might not end up living together because you right. hate one another. Or they're there's the abuse or something sure there's a case you know there's a situation yep where it's not safe but i mean let's face it usually that's a case where you know and it's for a time right but either way it doesn't matter you hate each other there's a safety issue whatever the reason you guys separate you have an apartment they have an apartment you live separately but you honor your contract with god yeah, good. That's married. a great way to put it. And that's one where I think people just plain forgot. Yeah, I had, that that's an option. I had so many people get mad at me and say, well, he did this and, mm-hmm. you know, he was hurting me and, and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had to divorce him. Yeah. No, and you I didn't. Think, well, wait a minute. You didn't, you know, yeah, get out of the house. Don't let him beat that's you fine. up. Call the police on him. Sure. Whatever. Get Whatever. your pastor, get mm-hmm. your big burly friends over there mm-hmm. to shake him down or something. But you don't go to right to divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a frustration for me because I feel like people so quickly just, ah, whatever. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so w- when I marry people, I tell them, I say, look, th- I have several standards for marrying someone. It is going to be a Christian ceremony. 
I'm going to read out of the Bible. We're going to talk about Jesus and God and marriage from the Bible. We are going to have vows that you are going to say to each other that come from the Bible. You are going to promise God these things. If you're not okay with that, get someone else to marry you. Because marriage is a covenant between you and God. You are not promising your wife that you will love her through sickness and in health and for richer or for poorer. Though that you're not promising her, you're promising God what you're going to do. And people forget that and they just say, eh, it's not convenient. I don't really like it that much anymore. So, you know, I'm going to be out. I had one friend that before they got married was asking me a situation about it was really coming down to they were kind of feeling me out for like divorce and Mm. it was the woman that was talking to me and she's like well you know he has a little bit of a temper and I said I get it I have a little bit of a temper too Um, you know tell me about that and she said well you know there was this one case that I um, you know, heard about with, uh, his ex-girlfriend, they were in whatever, you know, kind of a, I use the term knockdown drag out fight. I don't literally mean they were like punching each yeah. other. <laughs> you know, I just mean it was a, it was a real good fight. Oh, they're yeah. yelling and screaming at right. each other. Okay. Saying mean things. And you know, they really don't like each other right now. So they were having some kind of argument and, um, you know, it was, a, I don't remember if they're in the middle of breaking up or whatever, but he wanted her to leave and she wouldn't. So he went into wherever the bedroom and grabbed all of her stuff and threw it in a, in a bag and just threw it out onto the lawn, you know, and said, get out and grabbed a couple more of her things and just threw them out on the lawn. Yeah. I'm sure it was a heck of a scene. You know, Uh, I'm sure it would have been great as a neighbor to watch this. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and you know what? Actually, that makes a good scene in a movie. Yeah, and I know I know Christians that have had fights like that. You know, so no one's proud the next day that that's what happened. But either way, so that was that was what was going on. Anyway, she said to me, "If he ever did that to me, uh, I would absolutely leave him and file for divorce." Oh man, yeah. So I said, "Then you shouldn't get married." What did she say? And she, uh, she was so shocked and looked at me like mm. in disbelief, couldn't believe that I'd say that, you know, and she's like, you're okay with that? I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that. He was acting like a child. That's not acceptable. But what part of the vows of marriage do you not understand? You're saying that that's the line in your sand? Yeah. I've, well, God forbid he, ha- he gets Alzheimer's or you know, gets Parkinson's or loses his job and, you know, can't find a good job because of his bad back. You know, what are you talking about? Yes, it was a bonehead, stupid thing that he did. And he has a temper that, you know, needs some help and attention, obviously. But you're telling me you're going to divorce him for that? If that's what you're going into marriage with, then you should not get married. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea is when this person struggles, they they fall back off the wagon, okay, with drinking or drugs. Mm -hmm. They're they're going through massive depression and they lose their job and, you know, uh, whatever's going on, we're supposed to be a cheerleader for our spouse. We're supposed to be the one that is the most encouraging to help them to become what we know they can be and to get back to where they can be in their life and with God. How many times have you gone to a sporting event and the basketball team starts to lose and the cheerleaders for that team are on the sideline going, (laughs) boo, warm up the car, I'm out of here. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's supposed to be a team. And when someone is struggling, the other teammates come to their aid and help them across the finish line. 
That is such a good analogy. I I never thought of. I know. I'm so and smart. Yeah, you're the smartest. <laughs> they can see why I married you. Yep. Well, and sometimes, most of the time, it's the spouse that is the worst. Not the you know not the cheerleader. The opposite. When spouse explain. A, well, just so, use. Boy, girl, husband, wife, so we know what okay, we're talking. Yeah, lay it out. Is okay, the one drinking. Husband's <laughs> drinking. Obviously, it's the and husband. The wife is uh, ripping him to shreds over it instead yep. of, you know, oh, you did it again, you loser, whatever. Yep. How could you do this? Mm-hmm. And you know, they're speaking out of hurt and frustration. So that seems to be what would be the most likely scenario over being a cheerleader. Sure, and that's how you feel. Yeah. I get it. Sure, that's how you feel. You feel betrayed and, you you know, you can see that the bank account is missing Mm -hmm. a zero because, you know, of this escapade or whatever. Yeah. I get it. And you don't want to, you know, stay around that person. But that's the point is you you made this promise. Did you not think that things could ever get bad? For better or for worse. (laughs) And and that's that was really my point is I don't think enough people take it seriously no they don't go into it where i am committed for the long haul no matter what Mm -hmm. i don't think people say that and we've talked about it before we were married i think we both separately decided divorce is not in the vocabulary yeah well that's what i decided and i I know i know you did Mm -hmm. and uh it just doesn't exist yeah in my what is it called lexicon sure that's what i decided in your vocabulary Mm mm-hmm so we're going to work it out. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, we're going to see it through, work it out. And if need be, I'll find my own things to make me happy for a while. Mm-hmm. If that's, <laughs> no, God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. Going into it with that attitude that divorce is not an option is really an imperative mm-hmm. if you're going to be able to survive the hard times. The idea is when something is broke, you fix it. And in America today, we have this mentality of when something's broke, we throw it away and we buy a new one. Yep. And that's transferring over to marriage. It's no longer just shoes and televisions. It's also marriage. Yeah. And in the wake of all this are, well, ourselves, honestly, the people getting divorced, but the children. I mean, it's our families are almost non-existent in this country, it seems like. We don't have strong families anymore. No, and the kids are obviously the ones that suffer. And what the parents don't understand is that the curses from God affect multiple generations. It's not just you. You're going to affect your kids and you're going to affect your grandkids. Mm -hmm. Because children of parents who have been divorced are like 10 times more likely to get a divorce themselves. Yeah. So you're really hurting multiple generations. And I don't think a lot of people really look at that or, or think about that. Now, <coughs> there are a couple more. Uh, we had, I'll say there are three of them that are pretty common. The one, and this one is, I don't even... It upsets me that this one makes the list. Financial problems. Yeah, that's, that is actually surprising to me. The reason it upsets me that it makes the list, it is it is hands down the easiest one to remedy. Because we're just dealing with math. Yeah. You literally just need to get on a budget and both right. stick to it. Yeah, right. That's it. Right. And that goes to show the level of immaturity... Of the lack people, of commitment yep. too to anything. Lack of discipline. Discipline, yeah. That shows that level of immaturity of the people that are getting the divorce. They're not even willing to get on a budget and live on an allowance. Now, keep in mind, that's all they can afford. Clearly, when you have financial problems, it's because you're spending all your money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're spending money you don't even have. You might be Mm -hmm. racking up credit card debt. Nobody is complaining about financial problems and wanting to get a divorce because they just make too much money and they don't know what to do with it. (laughs) So uh, whether you're single, I I don't think people get this, whether you're single or married, 
you still can't spend more money than you make every month. You're kidding. No. No, they've tried it. The, the U.S. government has been trying it for yeah. centuries. Well, we're about to run out of that runway. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it does soon. not work. So the financial problems, it, the solution is always just math. It's a budget. Get on a budget, live on an allowance, and that's it. So both people or one person in the relationship won't Isn't, even curb their spending correct. to make the other one correct. happy. So yes. they'll just call it quits. That's is that's a lame one it is so lame because it's so easily fixable yeah other things are a lot harder yeah communication issues you know she won't communicate she always gets mad at me for everything he won't talk to me those things come from somewhere else Mm -hmm. they probably come from her childhood and his childhood and her experience through life and his experience through life. And and that's going to take a little bit of work to unpack and figure out and help them along with. But the money one, I mean, I can fix anybody's money problems in one hour of counseling. If mm-hmm. they're honest with me and open the books, it's that easy. You make this much, you spend that much. Well, we need to get these numbers changed to where the outgo is less than the income. So what are we going to cut? And that's it. Okay, sell that car, sell that car, sell that car, sell the house, sell the boat. <laughs> Done. Buy a smaller house, buy a cheaper car, buy a cheaper car. Here's your new allowance. Now, I'm not saying it's a lot of fun. People are going to want to do it or it's easy, but it's real simple. It's a lot easier than going through a divorce, though. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, you think your financial problems are bad now. Waiting when you go through a divorce, it's like uh, filing for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. You can't get a loan for several years. Your credit is a mess. You can't buy a house or a car. You can't even get a hotel room. It's it's a joke. Yeah. Okay, two others that are on the list that I wanted to bring up: uh, religious or cultural differences. Mm, yeah, well, another thing I hadn't thought of. I feel like I'm saying that all night, but. Well, and how many couples do you know that um, they don't even think to discuss how they're going to raise their, maybe their kids mm-hmm. when they come along as far as religion goes or church? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you are serious about your religion, why would you marry someone well, right, of a different right. religion? <laughs> I don't know. The, well, again, <laughs> that's know. one of my... You know, kind of like, well, you're the idiot here. You married her. You knew what she believed ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You knew what he believed ahead of time. And, Why did you get married? And do you think that is the, when you have that list in front of you, what what would be the cause of divorce there? Would it be those you have differing religions? Yeah, typically it's going to come to a head when you have children. Yeah. Because then you're going to have to make a decision. Well, which way are we going to raise them? What are we going to teach them? Yeah. Yeah. So you need one of the parents to essentially say, well, I don't care enough about my religion. Go ahead and teach them yours. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody wants to say that because you feel like a horrible follower of whatever religion we're talking about if you're willing to just throw in the towel and say "Eh, it's not that important go ahead and teach them what you believe (laughs) so that's usually when it comes along now as far as you know two people that are not that serious about their religion okay i'm a lutheran you're a presbyterian you're gonna do your thing on sunday i'm gonna do my thing I don't care that much about it. You know, you, whatever, hang out with some of your friends at your church. It's not a big deal. If they're not that, if they're not that serious or involved, a few couples like that, then why is it going to be a problem? Right. It's only going to be a problem when somebody is serious about their faith. Now, the one time that it is an issue is when both people are lost worldly people who get married and then one of them comes to Jesus. Yeah. That is a pretty interesting situation. And it happens plenty. People get saved. Thank so now goodness. what do we, Yeah, so now what do we do? And and what I want to tell everyone is the Christian doesn't have any right 
to divorce their unbelieving spouse. Now, if you were a believer ahead of time, you should not marry an unbeliever. Yeah, it says that. It's, clear as day. It Don't says be that yeah. clearly in the Bible. But if neither of you guys are saved and one of you happens to become born again, well, what are you going to do? And the Bible has instructions for that as well. We're not going to veer off because we just hit an hour. So we're going to be wrapping it up here in a second. But you don't get a pass. You don't get, there's no excuse that, you know, there's never a time where, oh, well, God, God would understand that I'm getting a divorce. No, he doesn't. He's against it. He's against whatever reason you bring up. Mm -hmm. So don't think that there's some special uh, situation where God's going to, you know, wave you on and and give you a pass. That's absolutely not how it's going to work. Okay. The last one was uh, differences in child rearing. Mm. I could see that causing a lot of problems. It does. Yeah. And I haven't talked to anyone where that's the main issue. Mm -hmm. Have you? I've never talked to anyone that's brought that up and said that's why they wanted to get a divorce. But I've met lots of couples who clearly have differences of opinions as to how to raise the kids. Mm -hmm. And it causes a boatload of stress in the relationship. Yeah. So what I would say is you need to be on board with how you're going to train your kids, how you're going to discipline your kids, how you're going to Mm. educate your kids, how you're going to educate your kids about God and religion and the Bible you obviously want to marry someone who has similar feelings on those different subjects because it's going to be very important. Yeah, I could. I mean, you can definitely see that. So with that, we've hit an hour. Did you have any final thoughts or anything um, else you want to bring up? Any questions you wanted to ask hmm. before we just one wrap it up and go? Yeah, one quick thing would be, Uh, if, how would you help someone who said, you know, my spouse has been cheating on me and I, I'm too broken hearted or serial cheating. You know, I had a discussion with someone that happened in the family to not to her, but in someone in the family, the husband was cheating more than once Uh over and over. And the wife, it destroyed her self-esteem. And anyway, they ended up divorcing. Mm -hmm. But if you met someone who came to you as a Christian and said, well, what do I do? My spouse is cheating. I know. Yeah. How do you advise them to stay in the relationship? Well, here's the thing. Uh, it's never going to. So what I would do is I would say, okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, can I approach your spouse and talk to them? Yeah. Okay. Um, if not, all right, well, there's not much help that's going to be had there. Um, people change their behavior once they are going through enough pain to where uh, they are willing to make a change. So I know, uh, I mean, one couple that I'm friends with comes to mind immediately where the wife had to tell the husband, you know, is an ultimatum, okay, if you do it again, I'm gone. And, um, he, you know, uh, cheated on her again and she moved out and took the kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, his life was radically different because they were still a couple that was, you know, they had an active social life. He was Mm -hmm. no longer a part of the kids. He missed them. He wasn't a part of any of their extracurriculars at school. Um, you know, he didn't like being a bachelor. Yeah. Um, so there was pressure there and then he ended up coming to, uh, therapy and, Mm. you know, working through that. They remained married the whole time. Wow. So she didn't. Oh no, she didn't file for divorce or nothing, but she's like, I'm not living. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. So, yep. You make your decision, but next time me and the kids are gone And it was brought up as far as, you know, getting help and, um, you know, hemming and hawing and dragging his feet. And then he uh, ended up cheating on his wife again. And she's like, all right, that's it. We're gone. See you later. Our bags Hmm. are packed. So 
the pressure was put on his life and he didn't like it and he straightened up and decided to get his act together um you know he went to her and said okay what do i have to do you know um and she said okay well i've already been you know talking to a therapist you know you can come with here's the first book we're reading you know and they went on down the road and started that and and they were fine they got back together yeah okay no i was just curious to hear what you would advise yeah, I mean, how would you handle that? You know, again, I'm not a huge fan of ultimatums, but they need to be made in a lot of different circumstances, especially with someone that is involved with, say, you know, drug uh, drug addiction or alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. Those are often something that needs to be done. Um, so ultimatums have their place and a lot of times they will get someone to a point where they're willing to make a change in their life. No one enjoys them. It's going to be a, a rocky, you know, weekend or a couple of weeks while you're going through that transition. Yeah. But at the same time, that's usually what it takes to get people to take you seriously. Thank so, you. yeah. Yeah, I don't see I don't see no. that there's anything wrong with that. But the underlining message is stay married at all costs. Do not get a divorce. Uh, whatever you can do to stay together, that's what you want to do. The last thing you want to do is file for divorce and think that um, you're going to be better off. You and your spouse are going to be cursed of God. So are your children. So are your grandchildren. Do whatever you can to keep that from happening. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, you can catch us live on our facebook page or youtube channel every sunday night at 7 p.m ish and if you just go to google and search bible thumper podcast you'll find out uh where we are on spotify google play apple podcast check out our youtube channel and uh, please listen download share comment review it helps get the podcast in front of some other people And with that, uh, we'll be back next Sunday night at 7 p.m. I'm going to have Caleb on here, and I think we're going to be talking about Christian hypocrisy. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us, sweetie. Thank you for getting on here and doing this with me. Thanks for having me. It was a blast, and we will see you next week.